0: Welcome back to another episode of Between Sermons where we're getting to continue the conversation from our our Sunday sermons where so much of Sunday just feels like a monologue, just a a guy standing on a stage talking at a bunch of people. Uh, We love the opportunity to kind of turn that whole dialogue into a real conversation. Uh, And so we are in a journey through the New Testament. We're walking through uh, from start to finish in six weeks. And this week we got to look at the first four books of the New Testament, the Gospels, but I didn't teach it. Instead, we brought in Professor Carlton McCarthy uh, to, uh, to teach this course. Oh, so you get to hang out with us and, and answer all the questions about the Gospels, all the questions. All the questions. And, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit? Uh, where, where your wisdom came from sure. and how you dropped all this, yeah. this knowledge on us, your students. You know, you really turned uh, the Sunday Sermon into a little bit of a lecture hall kind of feel, but, vibe. Yeah. I, I think we learned more than you probably do in a normal sermon, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. The
1: scary part is that that wasn't even a
0: tip of an iceberg.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like maybe there's something in the water there, (laughs) but it was like very short compared to all of the information that's out there.
0: Well, you you had 35 minutes to walk us through uh, the four Gospels, which is, that's a feat in and of itself. Um, So you actually taught for us our New Testament survey. Yep in Life University. So you had done a lot of study, a lot of research and preparing yep. for that. Uh, and then you were able to take some of that material and bring sure. it into the Gospels. So I'm sure that you've got, you've probably forgotten <laughs> more things about the Gospels yes. than most people will ever learn. So this is going to be a fun conversation. Yep. But uh, before we jump into the Gospels, I, I just kind of want to get, you know, your take. <laughs> this, this whole series is really about studying God's Word. Yeah. It's, it's, so often, I think we've made the mistake of just trying to tell people to read your Bible, read your Bible, read right, your Bible, right. uh, but it's not a newspaper. Like The, the point right. of the scriptures is not to read it, to get through it, but it's to study it. Uh, and you may need to study something for a while before you move on. And so what, what does Bible study look like for Carlton?
1: Yeah, so I, I think, um, and just off the top of my head, I think there's about four components to the study. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, the first part for me is is reading the word, <laughs> yeah. like actually reading it. Uh, but when I read it, I like to get commentary. You okay. know, I like to get uh, information from people who have studied it before. What's their mm-hmm. interpretation of it? Yeah. So kind of lead and guide my thoughts on it a, a little bit. Um, I like application Bibles. Um, I like Blue Letter Bible online. Okay. Yep. Uh, Bible Gateway has some commentary that's really good. Mm-hmm um i like got got questions yep. uh they have some commentary that's pretty good uh bible project is very helpful a lot of times i like to watch the videos from bible project yep. but actually reading their articles is it's way more profound or... I, I
0: love anytime i'm about to start reading uh like a new book yeah. of the bible uh i'll start with going to the bible project yeah and getting like the they give like this they give us such a beautiful overview And right. there's sometimes when like you miss some of the nuance of stuff. We're like, well, they'll they'll break down like, hey, the first thirteen chapters are addressing this issue. Yeah. The next seven yes. are addressing this. And it's like I would have just gone from chapter thirteen to chapter fourteen without, without even thinking paying that there's attention a break or this, this or change, change in exactly. thought. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And so like getting commentary is yeah. probably the first aspect when reading the Bible that I go through. Yeah um and then the next a- aspect of it is looking at the historical information so what was mm-hmm. going on at the time yeah. in the region of the country such um, a nerd yeah but you know <laughs> but it matters that yeah. you know it has greek influence but yeah. it's yeah. governed by romans with a jewish religion mm-hmm. like like that really matters yeah. to how you read it because it's like okay well, why is the new testament written in greek but it's controlled by romans and we're in Judea mm-hmm. where the Jews live. So yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of a weird dynamic, yeah. but you need to understand the cultural relevance of what's happening in order to better understand the events or what Jesus is talking about when he goes through his parables. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, why is he leading us in this direction with a parable? Like, why does it matter? So getting historical background on it, it's, it's really helpful when reading. Um, and then the, the next component, I guess, so we got commentary, then we got the historical information, um, and then the the next thing I do is utilize my own imagination, and I say my own imagination, but it's really leaning hard on the Holy Spirit speaking okay. through me, um, and yeah. identifying some of the details that I'm reading. Okay, so you know Jesus, you know, takes a guy out of a city to heal him of his blindness. All right, you could just read through that and not understand. Okay, well, the city was cursed. First off, and so there's detail details. Like, so why did he take him out of the city? You start asking yourself questions, and the Holy Spirit will fill you in on information that you have read before, Mm -hmm. um, and it's like, or you'll even
0: use that question to drive research. Yeah, yeah, absolutely to drive research. Yeah. Okay, why did why did he take him out? Right. Yeah. Let me find out. You know what do other people say? And so man, just the number of times that I stop reading and I just go to Google and I just type in, hey, why did blah blah blah.
1: Right. And, and like for me, you know, the Holy Spirit will point out, you know, the uh, bread and the fish multiplied as the disciples were passing it out. Yeah. So their act of faith and obedience created the miracle or helped drive yeah. the miracle. Or when the servants are pouring wine yeah. to the master of, uh, yeah. you know, the, I guess the official that was at the wedding. Yeah. Um, It's like they're in their heads. It's water. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. But they're they're being
1: obedient (laughs) to Jesus. And that's when we see the miracle happen. And it's like the Holy Spirit just brings that to my attention when I read. And it's beautiful to read with the Holy Spirit. to pray before you read and read with the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, you you ask questions and then there's details in there. It's like, well, I don't know what this means. But those questions drive either uh, a curiosity, information, having you do more research. Um, And then... You know especially with the New Testament I I guess the last way that I would read the New Testament is reading the Old Testament I love the Old Testament and when you read the New Testament it's like yeah that was pointed out by Micah or you know Isaiah talked about this or that's in Samuel you know the line of David you know being the Messiah and it's like reading the Old Testament really drives your understanding more of the New Testament
0: Honestly, it, it's probably the biggest rabbit trail that I end up on, though. When, like, especially if I'm reading, like, Matthew, who, who yeah. quotes a lot of the Old mm-hmm. Testament. Like, I'll I'll see, like, there's the reference point where we'll say, hey, this is from Isaiah uh, 9. Right. And I'll go back to Isaiah nine. And now, like I was set out to read Matthew (laughs) eight, and now I'm reading through all of Isaiah nine because I'm like, I don't want to just read the part he quoted. But like, okay, why did he quote from that? What what is Isaiah saying before that? After that? Absolutely. I end up, uh, man. I end up back. I do that, man.
1: I uh, you know, when you discover that you know the crucifixion is in Psalm twenty two, and now you want to read all the psalms to see what else you can find. Like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna read this portion of the New Testament, but then I'm gonna read all of. Yeah. Psalms, yeah. just to see, you know, what other prophetic yep. verses are in there. That's a
0: great uh, Google search for you. Is you know which psalms talk about Jesus' crucifixion? Yeah, and it's it's amazing, right?
1: Are. Absolutely. And then the order that it's in, and what yeah. was going on in David's life, or the you know the the time that the psalm was written, and why it was written, yeah. and how does it relate to the events that are happening in the New Testament? Yeah. And you could be in that for hours. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 so amazing how that's the Bible connects. And that's why it's connects. study. Right? Yeah, that's like, why it's study. But it, you don't. It doesn't seem like study. Yeah. It's like you're investigating information. Yeah. yeah. And it's wonderful. So yeah. So so commentary. Uh, you know, getting historical information about the time. Yeah. uh That the, of the events of the New Testament. Um, uh, being led by the Holy Spirit, and then reading the entire Bible, reading the Old Testament, really helps. Yeah.
0: I love it. You know, you talked about that, uh, you know, where did the miracle take place, you know, yeah. with the uh, feeding those. We, we actually had that exercise when I was, uh, you know, in, in this internship. I was about to say in college, cause, mm-hmm. but it wasn't quite college. Uh, but bunch of young Christians having debates all the time. That's basically, we just right. argued scripture right. all the time. You know, like our, one of our biggest arguments was, you know, is it, it does God care more about your obedience uh, or does he care more about your your love? What's better, to love him or, or to obey? Right. And, Like we would just go back and forth and have this big argument. Yeah. All that. But it was one of the arguments was when did the water turn into wine? Did it did it turn into wine when when Jesus blessed it? Did it turn into wine when they poured it from when they scooped it from the big jugs into the small jugs? Did it was it still water when the little jug was pouring into the cup? Was it still water when it hit his lips? Like, yeah, at exactly. At what point did the miracle take place? <laughs> yeah. And that that always became like a really fun kind of uh, thought experiment of like, can you imagine like the servant like going, "This is water. Like I know I'm getting yeah. killed. They're gonna they're gonna kill this. It's crazy. The head of the of the, the the feast. He's he's the the head honcho, and he just told me to get him some wine, and I'm pouring him a glass of water. Right. I'm getting killed. Like I, this is my last day on the job. I'm done. Yep.
1: and, and it's he's, totally. Uh, faith and obedience of the servants yep. because Jesus hadn't done anything to prove yeah. that he's anybody yet. I mean yeah. this is His first miracle yeah. All they have yeah. of Jesus is an argument with him and his mother. Yeah, that's all they have to go by. Yeah. You know, they're um, a suburb of Galilee they're yeah. outside of the the major yeah. city and so you know I don't know how fast information travels about this new young teacher that's on the scene Not at all.
0: No, you Not know So so they don't have any point of reference yeah. in their obedience outside of the faith that's in them already well, and i would i would actually take it a different direction than you i i think that it's an understanding of what it means to be a servant like, oh absolutely like their, yeah. their job is to do whatever yes. and mary says in, do whatever mary he said says. do whatever so absolutely. i'm gonna obey and and the lesson we take from that is so often we want to have justification or we want to have like because we're free yep. and you know americans we pride ourselves <laughs> on our freedom yeah. and all this and it's like yeah but you know how many scriptures talk about becoming a slave being a servant, right? And a servant right. doesn't ask questions. A servant doesn't even need to have the faith to say, "Well, he's going to perform a miracle." No, the servant just says, "You told me to pour this water into his cup. I'm going to pour this water into his yeah. cup. Like you told me, so I'm going to do it." And I think yeah. that more Christians would benefit from getting back to a place of of servanthood to God to say, right, right. "Like I don't care what it is you ask me to do. I don't care if if uh, I'm not putting out a fleece for you to you know is it wet? Right. Is it dry? You know, I'm just you said it. Absolutely, I'm going to do it." Yeah. Like, yeah. Just yeah. Don't be getting, right. 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 Exactly.
1: Yeah. And, and it's like, See, Mary. I love says, that you got my old Testament, your old Testament reference. <laughs> <laughs> See, it comes. <laughs> but I love that. Mary says, do whatever he says. Yeah, just do it. Just, and they know, said, it okay. doesn't matter what he says. Do, yeah. do no track thing. record. No other right.
0: miracles. Nothing, nothing for them to go on. Other right. than the fact that I'm a servant and somebody above me just told me what yes. to do. So Christians, you have somebody that's above you. His name right. is Jesus. Whatever he tells you to do. Right. do it
1: and I love the visual of that miracle in, in my own glorified imagination that you know these these jars of water were huge 30 yeah. 40 50 yeah. gallons of water so I imagine them sloshing his water around into the wedding and taking yeah. a ladle and pulling out water <laughs> yeah like, like in my stupid. head it's like yeah they're pulling out water and they're probably yeah. thinking like this is the dumbest thing yeah. ever like this doesn't make any sense. And then when it reaches the mouth of the people, it turns into wine. Yeah. And it's like when Jesus feeds the 5,000. Exactly. I was just about to go there. He, he takes the, the boy's lunch and he lifts it up to God and prays over it. And I imagine it's still two pieces of fish and five loaves yeah. of bread at that point. And then he gives it to the disciples to distribute it. And I imagine that it's still two pieces yeah. of fish and five loaves of bread. And I imagine the disciples thinking like, okay, what are we going to do when this is going to end at the second person? Yep. And I imagine that it gets multiplied as they distribute yep. the food. Because one thing to note in that story, Jesus told the disciples, you feed them. Yeah. And it's like, wait, is Jesus just being sarcastic <laughs> for sarcastic yep. sake? Like, why did he say yep. that? And I imagine the disciples like, you know, we don't have enough money. There's too many people. Yep. They're probably being polite yeah. to Jesus. But that's his boy. And they're like, Jesus, you, you know, we can't. Yeah. Like, what are you asking us to do? And I think Jesus is asking them to participate in the miracle yep. or to lead the faith of yeah. a miracle absolutely and it's like okay jesus wants them to like jesus does something then he does it with you now he wants to see you do it yeah yeah and it's like jesus is like no i want you to figure out how you can make a miracle happen here yeah. through what i have already taught you so get the resources that you have pray over it so do what you can do and then allow god to make the miracle yeah. in the action of you doing what you can do being a servant
0: yeah Honestly, for me, as cool as all the miracles are in Scripture, the ones where he requires participation are my oh, favorites. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. I, I just gravitate to them because it's like, okay, did did Jesus need the disciples to distribute? No,
1: N- not at all.
0: I, I mean, the Old Testament. We always go, He's got to go back to the Old Testament. I mean, God sends ravens to to bring food. Like absolutely, God could make manna. He's got dough appear from heaven. Yeah, he he have manna appear off the ground. So like. Yeah. If God wanted to feed these people, he didn't need to use the disciples. Not at all, right? He chose to. Right. And it's their obedience that it's through their obedience that we get to see the miracle. Right. But that, yeah. yeah, that was that was always another argument that we would have is when did the food multiply? Yeah. The scripture doesn't really It doesn't tell us, right? Yeah. where uh, and so it's like it's I think for us our our I guess our interpretation was so the food was in some kind of uh container and it was every time they reached in the container and gave something out there was still the same amount in the container. Yeah, uh-huh. and it was just, yeah. you kept pulling out of this never ending container. Right. And and we went there because of the old Testament where the woman has this jar of oil and she, and it never ends. Out. So, right. So we took that old Testament miracle and tied it into the new Testament. Yeah. We have no idea. Right. It's a, right it's a fun right. thought experiment. Right. Like when did the miracle take place? But
1: it makes you think. And then, you know, when you have a need in your life or something that you're praying for, yeah. You can kind of mimic the uh, a process. Not that Jesus is going to do the same thing all the time, right. but you can say, okay, this is what he did. He, he took what he had and he bl- he gave it to God yeah. to be blessed. Yep. Okay, now I have to step out on faith and walk yep. this out as much as I can and allow God to do what he does when he wants to do yep. it. And it could be at the time that I prayed over it. It could be the time that yep. I stepped out and actually done the thing that I'm supposed to do. It could be at, at, at any point. But the process is i'm a servant to the most high god and this is what i need to do i need to follow his path and doing the things i need to do for my life and let and just let him work
0: i love what you mentioned about jesus not doing the same thing twice like uh that's one of the cool things when you look at these miracles like so sometimes jesus says your sins are forgiven and they're healed yes that's sometimes the hardest he says, miracles. <laughs> sometimes it says you know you're healed sometimes he doesn't say anything about healing at all he just says get up take your mat and go yes like <laughs> yes. am i like am i healed like okay i'm gonna do the thing i couldn't do before because yeah. you just told me to do it right sometimes he lays hands on people i mean one time he spit on a guy Absolutely. like, like made mud he, the guy saw does, trees right whole nine yeah <laughs> he does he does so many unique miracles in unique ways and it just it's, it's really cool to, to know that it's not about a formula. It's not about, right. okay, you say these words, you do these things, and then you get your miracle. Like, God moves how God moves. Jesus does so uniquely uh, yeah. the things that he does, and I love that. He,
1: he, he gives us both. He gives us miracles that are instant. He mm-hmm. gives us miracles where the guy at the, the pool of Bethesda, yeah. you know, Jesus asks him if he wants to be healed. The guy starts talking about his issues with the pool, Yeah, and Jesus' next statement is pick up your mat and, and walk. yeah. And so like, there's those instant miracles, but then Jesus gives us parables of the the widow and the unjust judge. yeah. And he tells us, you have to keep going at it sometimes. You yeah. have to be persistent and, yep. and keep coming to me, keep yep. coming to me, and then you will be blessed. And it's like, okay, there is, Jesus kind of opens the door for you to experience him in many different ways. Yeah. And, I, and I think that it's beautiful that we can believe in God for a miracle in our lives or for something to happen. And we can see how God can move instantly. And then we can see how God takes us on a journey of faith and believing in him continuously for
0: something. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I think both, you know, places are, are beautiful in our lives.
0: Yeah. Honestly, I think most of us would prefer it was always the instant. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. But uh, we trust God in all of right. it. Right. That's that's the challenge. That's the hard thing. That, but that's back to that servant mentality. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just going to be faithful. Like, I'm right. going to do what he tells me to do. And if, if the healing comes in this moment or 20 years down the road, right. I'm, right. I'm still faithful to, to him. Because my, my following Jesus isn't based on uh, the tricks he does. Right, right. And I think sometimes as Christians we get in this place where we follow God or we follow Jesus <clears throat> as long as he's doing certain right. things right. in our lives. Yep. And, like, at what point do you just say, no, he's God. Yeah. And God is, is more important than I am. God is bigger than I am. God's ways surpass my ways. My right. understanding is nothing compared to his. So I'm just going to trust him. And even when I disagree with it, even when it doesn't make sense, even when he doesn't do the thing that I'm asking him to do, it doesn't change the fact that he's God. Right. And in everything, he's He's worthy of being followed for, yeah. for no other reason than he's God.
1: Absolutely. And, and a lot of times it's the process yeah, yeah. of the miracle and not the miracle itself i mean the, the miracle is fantastic yeah. i mean don't get me wrong you know when when jesus um he takes the uh the demons out of the pos- the possessed yeah. boy and he's having a conversation with the father about what's going on with the boy and and jesus knows already but he's pulling information out he's yeah. getting the father the the dad to, to talk yeah. through the issue And it's kind of like when you read the Psalms and it says, you know, David is giving details about how he feels and the issue that he's going through. And then he gets to the place where God is holy and that he comes through for him. And sometimes God wants us to have that conversation with him about what's going on. Give me the history behind it. Give me the 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 how do you feel moment there in our prayers and our conversations with God and how we read. And Jesus gets to a point with this man where he identifies the issue. He says, "Help me with my unbelief. Help me yep. with the area of my life where I'm struggling with in my faith." Yep. And I think that that was more impactful for that man and that family, as as impactful as the miracle yeah. of his son getting getting delivered from those yeah. demons.
0: I, I know we're we're supposed to be talking about reading the Bible. Yeah, I know uh, absolutely, but, uh, but this is part of the no, reading, no, 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 right? Well, what I was going to say too is, uh, like, that's that's what shapes my prayer life. Like I, I intentionally, and so I do this with uh, tabernacle prayer. We don't have time to get into all that, but uh, <laughs> <We could. laughs> like uh, any prayer that, that I'll follow or any prayer method, the last thing I'll do is ask for stuff.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And right. it's because
0: it's right. in that dialogue with God. It's in that yeah. conversation where like so many times, like what I thought I needed is not even what I really needed.
2: Right. Uh, right.
0: And I get to that understanding in the recognizing who he is and thanking him for what he's already done, right, and, and praising him for for the things that that he is, right, and and by the time I get all the way through that and praying for other people's needs and I get to yep. my own stuff and I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I realize that what I thought I really needed, I, I don't really need.
1: No, and what you needed was to have that conversation. What, what to you go needed through was the, the time with God, God. Yeah. of faith, and that process yep. of faith comes with a relationship with Him. Yeah and like you said you get to the end i've I prayed for so many things and i look back and I'm like how tri- 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 trivial was that yeah yeah you know I, I prayed for this thing and my you know i had emotions behind it my heart was set on this yeah. and then i get to a place in understanding the glory of god and my relationship yeah. with him in prayer and it's like that's what i needed yeah you know and maybe god uses you know the the foolish <laughs> the small things in our life to get us to a place where, you know, we are going after God and it it could be difficult things that we go through and he knows that we're human. I tell God, I said, God, you know, I'm human, right? Just to remind him like, Hey God, I'm human. I know this is small, but he cares about that thing enough to get me to him. And that's where, where the blessing is for me. You know, you get to a point where the miracle just doesn't
0: matter. It's like the the pastor says uh, that he works all things together for our good. It does not say he works all yes. things for good, like to good. Like, for what we it's, pray it's for, it's not that he changes <laughs> bad things into good things. Right. But he's even taking the bad things in our lives and he's using it for our good. Right. Right. That we're growing and we're developing out of it. And so, like, there's so many times I think, and this is this is why I kind of altered my prayers too. We got to get back to the Bible in yeah, a second. <laughs> uh, but it, it altered my prayers because it was like um, the thing that I'm asking God to take away. God may actually need me to experience this yeah right like i and i, I want to make sure that i'm always in the will of god and so right like, right man th- there there's a something that i'm probably learning from this i think i think it ties into paul when paul talks about you know the thorn in his flesh yes but h- yeah, if, if god had removed the thorn in his his flesh whatever that thing was we, we have no idea but if god had removed it would paul have still been able to rely so much on the Holy yes, Spirit, rely so yes. much on God. If, if he had removed this issue, maybe Paul wouldn't have been the kind of leader that he ended right, up being and right. writing the way he wrote and and doing the things that he did. And so like how many things that I'm facing in life that I'm like, I need God to remove this. And God's like, no, I, I need you to experience this. Yeah,
1: we pray for comfort so oh, much that we pray yeah. ourselves out of faith yeah, in him. Yeah. And God's like, well, sometimes you need discomfort and th- d- dare oh, i say man. suffering in, in, in order to get us back focused on him and yep. leaning on him and, yep. and moving towards him and our, our comfort removes yeah. our faith sometimes yeah. and god knows that And he says you know if i allow you to be comfortable in this space yep. if i allow you to have what you have yep. then you may just eliminate me from your process yep. and god doesn't want
0: that the gospel is exploding in countries where there's persecution in countries yep. where there's poverty, where there's hurt, where there's need, right? And it's dying out in like Europe and even in, in Canada and, and North America. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're struggling with uh, the gospel in, in wealthy nations. Right. You know, we're, we're taking a team to Japan in like 10, 11 days and the go- it's 1% Christian nation because it's like right. we have everything that we need. We're comfortable, right? And I right. think that ultimately comfort is the, the greatest threat to Christianity. Yeah. Like we, we get to a place where we think that uh, <clears throat> we don't need God because we can handle it ourselves. Right, I don't right. need to rely on this supernatural being because life is good. I'm paying my bills. You know, if, if I get sick, I've got the money to pay for the doctor and the medication. And, you know, we yeah. rely so much on all of that. And then we don't want God to stretch us. We don't want to go into uncomfortable positions because yeah. we're, we're so focused on our comfort.
1: And we think that the devil is trying to bring tragedy to our lives. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time, he's not. He's yeah. trying to bring comfort to our lives yeah. because it's the comfort that yeah. gets us away from God.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Man, we blame the devil on stuff. But also, I think a lot of times what we're blaming the devil on is just it's our just bad our choices. Stupidity. Like it's like, no, that's called a consequence. <laughs> right. That's Yeah, no, you did something. The devil's something attacking and... me in this,
1: in this area. It's yeah. like, okay, well, what did you yeah. do before yeah. that moment?
0: The devil's attacking my finances. No, you no. bought a car you couldn't afford. <laughs> right. Exactly. And you've been paying $800 car note. Yes. And you make $1,000 a month yes like that's, exactly that's that don't devil. work that's bad math like that's not that's the devil's not the devil outside of your driveway you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. no 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 yep. that was that was your just, okay we, we got to get back to the sure, bible let's do it uh, okay so the gospels mm-hmm. so this this is our focus for for the week is there's four gospels what what is if you could just summarize the gospels in like one sentence or one thought like oh man what is the point of the gospels what are they why do they exist in our bible
1: yeah, well, and one, man, one, it, one thought. Take a, one thought. You know, a, <laughs> I need a, it's a dissertation, <laughs> right? Uh, I, I think I'll say a th- one thought in two parts. Maybe it's the kingdom, okay, and uh the kingdom leads to many different aspects. You know, the kingdom is our way of living. It's the mm-hmm. power of God, and it's our salvation. Okay, and it's an introduction into. The kingdom being here, okay, and then the rest of it is teaching us how to live in the kingdom, the power of the kingdom, yeah. and the re- the redemption of the kingdom for our, our lives and salvation.
0: That's awesome. So I love it. Uh, I want to get into why we've got four gospels in, yeah. in a second, but first, um because I think that's going to end up opening the door for a, a very large conversation. Sure. We're probably going to end with that conversation. But um before we get to that, I know that there's a lot of critics out there that will will use. Uh, what they'll call contradictions within these four gospel accounts, right? They'll say, hey, if, if four people are writing about the same event, you would expect the event to, to look identical. Yeah. Uh, and yet there's, there's discrepancies. So, you know, one gospel talks about one woman going to the tomb. Uh, another gospel talks about two women going to the tomb. Another gospel talks about how the, the stone was already rolled away. Another one, like one describes the earthquake that happened and one yep. doesn't. And right. so all of these like little minor, uh, what they would call contradictions, which uh, I think we've got a, a pretty good answer to, to all of that. But, you know, wh- what do you say to people that are like, man, there, there's so many differences in these accounts, we can't trust them?
1: Well, yeah, because you have so many eyewitnesses and everybody has a different perspective of what's yeah. happening. And, and that helps the story. It helps the yeah. truth and the accuracy of the story. Yeah, yeah. When you have multiple people giving you their own viewpoint of an event that happened. And it's, it's like the, the truth is that, that the event happened. Yeah. But here are people's different perspectives of the yep. details of what's happening. Yep. And if that's contradiction, then I don't know what to say.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. It's like uh, so if if a gunman came in into the, the church, well, my perspective being downstairs and somebody else's perspective being upstairs. Right. Same event, same place. But we, we see things from different angles. Right. Right. And, and so there's even this argument that um, mm. if the four Gospels were identical, mm-hmm. uh, that then it would it would lead us to believe that it wasn't accurate. That right. it wasn't true. Right. Uh, so in in like in court, it would be the, the word collusion. Yeah. Right. Like if if you've got four people that witness event, you separate those four people, ask them to tell you what happened. If their stories are so identical yeah. that it feels like they rehearsed it together. <laughs> They're lying. Then it's like, OK, somebody in here is actually <laughs> right. the killer. Like right. you, you're lying yeah. about this and you got all your friends to lie as well. And so the the slight discrepancies and the differences, first of all, it can be accounted for by perspective. You know, if if um, if I'm talking about a a dinner that I had with my my wife, we went on a date and I describe, you know, the restaurant and the meal and I talk about, you know, the waiter and all this and you ask my wife about that, that meal. And she doesn't describe the waiter at all. She doesn't talk about the waiter. Right. Does that mean there was no waiter at the dinner? Right. No, obviously that person existed. It's just not relevant to her side of the story. She's talking about what I was wearing and what she ordered. Like she's highlighting the, the things that she feels are important to convey, uh, the same thing is true with the four gospels each one has you know and we're going to get into this a little mm-hmm. bit more but each one has a purpose to their writing and yeah. so they're highlighting details that are important you know the the earthquake being referenced here and not being referenced here doesn't mean the earthquake didn't happen right it just means this writer just felt like that wasn't a, an important enough detail for me to include
1: yeah and the earthquake could be setting up something that's gonna that's gonna be said next right exactly as well
0: yeah, so I, I think that the, the discrepancies can first of all be easily explained for why there's discrepancies, and second, it's actually evidence for the the validity of scripture, uh, not the, the the lack of evidence or not the you know discrediting scripture right, when there's right. these changes or these differences. It actually leads us to say, okay, they, they didn't just sit down together and and copy each other's notes. Right. Yeah. Now there there's clearly there's influences within the gospels of uh, other writers. Uh, but uh, the the discrepancies actually solidify for us, for me at least, that, hey, this this is really true, genuine eyewitness accounts.
1: Right, and I think about, like, Mark's uh, description of the crucifixion. I think it's in Mark 15. I mean, he goes through in detail of what's yeah, yeah. happening to Jesus, and then he gets to the point where the Roman soldier says this is the Son of God. Yeah. Well, how do those two components meet with each other? I mean, because you can read, The details of what's happening in Mark which is different from what happened in Matthew which is different from what happened in Luke but Mark wants to get you to a point where you understand that he is the Son of God the Roman soldier had a hand to play in the details of the crucifixion he's probably there when Jesus gets arrested he sees uh, you know Peter cutting off the ear of one of his buddies and Jesus putting it back on he's probably part of the process of hearing the trial and thinking Wow, my governor says that he's innocent, but yeah, the Jewish leader weird, said right? that he's guilty. Like, this is a weird yeah. trial. He's probably involved in beating Jesus. Mm-hmm. He's probably involved in putting the the crown of thorns on his head and digging it into his skull. Yep. He's probably part of, you know, whipping. He probably put the nails in his wrist and his feet. And so he's he's in this entire process. And so you get details from Mark, which is Peter's account of what's happening. Yep. And Mark is setting up this Soldier to identify, and then he gets the activity of creation responding to Jesus dying. Yep. And then he says, "This is the Son of God." Yep. But those details set up something which is different from what Luke is trying yep. to say, and it's different from what Matthew is trying to say. Yeah. So
0: absolutely. All right. So we solved that problem. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. So to so to speak, and and there's so much more we get into with that, and and so if somebody's listening to this and they're really curious, like you, you can look up like, uh, the case for Christ and, and, and different, different writings and different videos and things that have really come out, uh, kind of explaining this yeah. discrepancies and all that. But, um, all right. So we've got four gospels. Why four? Uh, why not just, you know, combine them into one super gospel and then there's less for us to have sure. to read.
1: Yeah. So I mentioned this in service on uh, Sunday yesterday. Um, you know, it's like uh, I asked uh, ask the audience who's been to jail and, you know, you had a couple of people raise their hands that we need to probably pray for. And hopefully they got over whatever. It you was know, the number of staff members was probably. Yes, know. it's also true in, in our history.
0: It's <laughs> just seeing what God has done. In yeah, lives.
1: absolutely. Absolutely. But um, yeah, it's like when you get arrested and you get processed and they take your mugshot, you know, yeah. you have a, uh, both sides of your face and the front of your face. Mm-hmm.
0: I like, only know that from TV shows. From TV I've shows. never been arrested. <laughs> right. just, I, I've just I've seen it. Yeah. Not, yeah, absolutely. Not personally, I want to I want to yeah, yeah. make sure that people always like, like not <laughs>
1: prison ministry, but actual jail. You know, I need somebody who's been <laughs> processed in jail. Uh, but, you know, they're taking different sides of the face of one person. Yep. And it's like, well, why are they doing why are they doing that? And it's it's because they're, they're trying to get the different perspectives of your face. To get the details of who you are, yeah. they want to get the the depth of you, of your physical, you know, face, the yeah. all of the... And
0: that way, if you only see somebody from you know the side, yes. you're like, "Hey, I know who that I, is."
1: Exactly right. And, it, and it's and it's one person. And the yeah. same thing with the gospels. The gospels are giving us both four different paths to understanding that Jesus is the Son of God, yeah. and is giving us four different perspectives of of who He is as well. Yeah. And I, I think it's beautiful that each gospel portrays Jesus in a different way so that we can get more information about who he yeah. is in the gospels and who he is for us.
0: Yeah. There, there's something cool with this, too. And it's, man, I, I feel like I'm that guy now because we're going to go back to the Old Testament. Uh, <laughs> so in the Old Testament, they say that uh, if you're going to bring somebody to trial, uh, the the testimony has to be confirmed by two to three witnesses. Yeah. Like you can't just take one person's word against one person's word. You need two to three witnesses. Yeah. I love that God sets up this rule for the the Jewish people. You have to have two to three witnesses, two to three witnesses, two to three witnesses. When he wants to show us that Jesus really is who he's He's claiming to right, be, right. he gives us four witnesses. He's like, I'm just going to go above and beyond. Like, this is, this is the standard that I set for you. Yeah. I'm always going to do more. Right. I'm always going to do above and beyond the standard. Yep. And I, I just I love the image of that, that, that God even says, I'm going to give you four four perspectives. I'm going to give you four witnesses, not not just the one. Right. Not just the two or three that I required in the law. I'm going to give you four.
1: Yeah, he got two guys that actually walk with Jesus, yep. and then he got two more guys that didn't walk with yep. Jesus. One guy that may have been around when some of these right. events happens, and then another guy— Who's completely a, a gentile? Luke, yep. a doctor. He's rolling with Paul, yep. but he doesn't have any eyewitness accounts yep. of Jesus, and he has to do the investigation yep. and getting information and sources from uh, many different people yep. about what's what what happened,
0: and then compiling it all together. Yep. It's, it's it's kind of a beautiful picture. One, one of the things that I love that um, people don't necessarily recognize is that all four gospels are written by first generation Christians. Oh yeah, like all four of them have given their life to to Jesus, right? uh, in, in that same lifespan. Yeah. Right. It isn't like, for some reason, I think some people get this idea that like the gospel written so much later that like people couldn't have really known, but no, like Luke is talking to people that, that walked with Jesus. Uh, Matthew actually did walk with with Jesus. Yeah. Mark was most likely around at that time. And if not, he at least was talking. I mean, people refer to it as it's Peter's gospel, uh, written by Mark. Right. 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 So like it, it's, that first hand account john walked with jesus right like, this is this is what he saw and he right. wrote it down these
1: aren't grandkids or cousins right or no whatever it's not right. it's
0: not the faith of their parents and their right. parents convinced them and so now they're trying to convince other people no, right so they 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 had compelling reason as first generation uh christians to say this is why i'm following him let me tell you about him yeah absolutely that's awesome yeah. all right so we got four gospels mm-hmm. it's important to have all four because they give us um, kind of that different view yeah. uh, of, of God. We can't combine them into one super gospel. Mm-mm. I think some nope. people have actually tried, though. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. I haven't Where, like, seen it, but I know compile. that
1: I've tried to read the Gospels in chronological order, and yeah, yeah, yeah. it was probably more confusing <laughs> to read it. Because usually you read things in chronological order, and you're like, okay, this makes yep. perfect sense, the Old Testament. yeah. Uh, but the Gospels, you need the four different yeah. perspectives of Jesus separate wow. from each other.
0: I'm getting that in the Book of Acts because the Book of Acts is written his- historical. Absolutely. But it's also not chronological right because it's like
1: uh, yeah. paul's doing paul's over here but yeah i but thought that was in response to what peter did over here and it's yeah. like yeah
0: total total random conversation we'll maybe we'll talk about it next week but uh like people argue about who the first uh uh non-jewish convert is mm-hmm. because uh in in acts there's a chronological difference so it it is cornelius mm-hmm. but cornelius's story takes place after it's so far after yeah it so comes far in time, after yeah. the ethiopian um and then there's also argument that the ethiopian must have been jewish because he was coming to israel to worship right. but anyways uh it's it's it, man it, it can be confusing yeah because it is you out of think that
1: peter it took peter all this time to understand that gentiles need to come to christ as right. well and you're thinking to yourself like man, Paul knew it right away, but it took Peter yeah. all of these chapters. Yeah, no, it was just, it's, time. It's like, out of, no, it's like, out like, of yeah, chronological order. It's nearly order. immediately. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's crazy. All right, so we've got these four gospels. Don't don't combine them into one because sure. each one has a purpose. Yep. Each one has a uh, a specific writer, and knowing who the writer is helps us understand what his purpose in writing was. Yeah, uh, because each one has a purpose, and understanding the purpose lets us know why matthew talks about these things and mark mm-hmm. talks about these things and luke talks about these things and john talks about those things why don't they all talk about the same things well it's right. because each one has a different target so as quickly as we possibly can uh, okay. we, we've been talking about all kinds <laughs> sure. of other things but uh so who is matthew who's he writing to like what's the purpose of matthew who's yeah. luke uh or i skipped mark on oh, mark. mark uh who, who's mark who's he writing to what's yeah. the purpose of this and so on
1: yeah so matthew he's a tax collector Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus pulls him, which publicly, is the scum, the of, the scum earth, of the earth, the tax collectors, discovered. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> tax collectors are bad people because they're is, usually, was that weird
0: as an accountant to say,
1: it, yeah. <laughs> and I had to preface in the second service, like, don't go and tell, call your accountant the scum of the earth or, you know, feel this way about the IRS. You know, they're good people. <laughs> some of them. So, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, even when it, in Luke, I think when it says that Jesus called Levi, which is Matthew, mm-hmm. I think they reference the word scum. <laughs> in this in the verse um but yeah so Matthew's uh he is writing to Jews his audience is primarily Jews it's it's for all people's for right. for the entire church because he does get to the point where he's talking to everyone yeah yeah uh but you know he um wants to reference the Old Testament proving that Jesus is the long awaited Messiah he's pulling all the prophecies from the um Old Testament he references uh 29 uh, 29 quotes and reference is 121 like mentions yeah yeah, references of the old testament and so he he builds up the case for jesus being the messiah and uh, i i think that's really important because he connects the old testament with the new testament he lets us know that this is a continuation of what's been prophesied in the old testament and the person that i'm going to introduce you to is this person the long-awaited Messiah yeah. that's been prophesied uh, about from the Old Testament? Yep. And then once you, you get the, the understanding or the impact that, hey, Jesus is the Messiah, um, and then now Matthew wants to say, okay, now that you know that, here's his teaching. yeah, yeah. And he is the new Moses. He's going to give us new information about yep. how to live in the kingdom. And then he gets into the Which fine details. Which is why details. Matthew
0: actually gives us, what is it, the five sermons that yeah, Jesus preaches? Yeah, like, five sermons, right. Matthew actually gives us those sermons. Yeah, there's five the teaching blocks of teachings.
1: Yep, absolutely, because the teaching is important. He wants us to know, okay, Moses had this teaching for God's people yep. for this reason, and now Jesus is coming with new teaching, with a new covenant, yep. and this is how we need to live in the kingdom. Yep. And then when you go into the teachings, you understand why it's needed and yeah. why it's different yeah. from Moses' law. Yeah.
0: And and knowing from some of our Jewish partners, um, like Messianic Jews will use a lot more of Matthew mm-hmm. in order to talk to Jewish people. Yep. Absolutely, um, yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, here's, here's the reference points. And it's interesting to me because, like, each of the Gospels can actually be more effective for a specific audience today. Absolutely. Because it was written to a specific audience yes. when it was first written. Right.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And matthew writing to jews and you know he uses some of the jewish culture and customs and language in his writings you know jews don't say the name of god yeah so in matthew you don't find kingdom of god yep he says kingdom of heaven yep instead because he wants to respect his audience
0: yep i love it yeah all right so so matthew Talking to the Jews, that's mm-hmm. why he's got uh, all the Old Testament references. Yep. He's quoting the Old Testament a ton. That's why he's focusing in on Jesus' new teaching and what Jesus is doing with the law, because they knew the law really well. And so what is Jesus' take on the law? Yep. So you're getting a lot more of that. Um, useful today for people that are wanting to see the connect- the connection between the Old Testament and the New Testament in Matthew is beautiful. Yep. Like painting these pictures so you get a better understanding of the old, you get a better understanding of the new by reading Matthew. Mm -hmm. If you're talking to a Jewish person, Matthew is going to be a great connection point. Now, if they're a secular Jew, it probably doesn't matter either way what you're using. But anyways, so that's Matthew. What about Mark? So
1: Mark is, he's pretty much preaching the same message or, or telling us the same message. But what Mark is doing is he's showing how Jesus is demonstrating the kingdom yeah so in Matthew we get the teachings of the kingdom and in Mark we get the action of the kingdom and that's yeah. why Mark has so many miracles 37 miracles most yeah. of, of the Gospels it's, it's action-packed I, I mentioned that it's fast-paced I mean he's running through Jesus's journey yeah, yeah. His, his three years of ministry and he's showing you miracle after miracle yep. healing after healing because he wants to show that the kingdom is not just teaching, it's not just the head yeah. knowledge, but it's actual doing. And this is what Jesus did, and this is what he wants us to do and to mimic. And and mm-hmm. Mark is beautiful in that way. Yeah. Um, and that he is giving us his journey of Jesus' ministry, of of the action of Jesus and him, you know, being hands-on as the Messiah. And he leads us to the cross. And all of this is is helping us identify who jesus is yep. because we can identify who jesus is from the old testament prophecies from his teaching but we can identify who jesus is through the demonstration of his service to us yep. and and mark writes it in a wonderful way i yeah. think it's great
0: so two things i want to point out with mark because i i love i love mark mark might be one of my man if I was gonna ask you later which one of the four <laughs> gospels is your favorite, yeah. but like I'm I'm gonna not be able to answer sure, that question, yeah, so I don't know if I want soft, to give it to you. Yeah. But uh, I love Mark. Because first of all, Mark's the shortest. Uh, of yeah, the absolutely. Like, yeah. He just he gets to the it point. There's no birth I story. It. I mean, he yeah. starts at the start of yep. Jesus's ministry. Because, and, and that's that's what I was gonna point out. Like, yeah. so there's no uh, there's no genealogy. You don't have. I don't know if you have any. If, if you do, you have very few of the confrontations between Jesus and the Pharisees. Yep. Uh, Jesus is in the
1: north a lot in Mark. Yeah yeah, 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 Mark points out he's in Galilee, and the people in the north love Jesus, and the people yeah. in the south in Judea, they don't like yep. Jesus at all. Exactly. And we, you find that in John. Yeah. yeah. And he, so, he dies in the south. He only yeah, spends yeah, about yeah, a yeah. half a year in the south compared to his time in the north. Sorry, yeah. go ahead.
0: No, but what I was going to point out is because uh Mark is writing to a Roman audience. Uh, yeah. And the Roman, and that's why all the miracles and all that stuff is is packed in that. Romans cared about okay if he's God he's powerful right So show me his power yeah because I've got I've got my Roman pantheon of of gods show me that this Jesus is more powerful than absolutely my god so so when he's writing to Romans he's highlighting uh the power he's skipping the genealogy because the Roman doesn't care his birth order he doesn't they don't care you know about that he's not quoting the Old Testament because they don't have an Old Testament reference they like Mark is writing to a specific audience, so he's focusing on this specific thing. He's he's giving us uh, the power yeah. of God, and it's it's a demonstration to the Romans. Right, this God right. is more powerful than than. You and are that's so why they gods. say that
1: miracles are for unbelievers. Exactly. Uh, because yep. it's it's the the evidence that they need to yep. believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Yep. Yep.
0: And then you and I were kind of talking about this this morning uh, before we started recording, but uh, the Mark and sandwich. Yeah, uh, there's there's an actual linguistic term for it, and I can't even pronounce it, but uh, I don't even remember how how it goes. But uh, it's basically this idea that Mark will start a story and then almost kind of like leave it on a cliffhanger like he's yeah. like, he'll just trail <laughs> off uh, and then he'll tell a different story that seems to yes. have no connection to the first story but then Absolutely. he'll He's sandwich done it, it so many like, times, yeah, yeah there there i i think i counted like one one philosopher said at least 13 times wow 13 others, wow others talk about like seven or eight mm-hmm. but um you know it's so then he'll he'll finish the secondary story and sandwich the first story at the end of it so like you get the conclusion of your yes. first story at the end of the second story and it's it's a literary tool where it's the story within the story explains the story and yes. I, I know that probably sounded confusing, but I don't know a better way to explain it. But like this story within the context is being described or explained with this outer story. And the outer story is understood within yes. the context of the little story. It's it's brilliant. So, so the, the, the easiest example of this or the most common example of this is there's a there's a story in the Bible uh, that, that Mark tells of Jesus cursing a fig tree. And I, I took a really interesting perspective on that a while back Mm -hmm. but but what's really happening there and i didn't get a chance to talk about this in the sermon what's really happening is uh jesus is cursing this this fig tree and then it's a mark and sandwich so there's another story that happens in the middle and then we come back to this fig tree and it not bearing fruit what happens in the middle in the middle jesus goes in the temple starts flipping tables and making whips braids
1: a whip yeah just chasing people out of the
0: temple and just i mean he is he's cursing the temple yes And it's described by this cursing of the fig tree. Right. The fig tree was not doing what it was placed on this earth to do. It was not bearing fruit. And now Jesus is looking at the temple and he's comparing it to the fig tree. The temple is not doing what it was supposed to do on this earth. And I've got to destroy it because it is not it is not right
1: absolutely yeah and and mark mark does this with the book mark introduces <laughs> jesus yep. as the son of god and then that's the last time we get his opinion about the son of yep. god because in the of middle it, of the book beautiful. he's showing you that he is the son of god by the demonstration of jesus's service yeah. to the people and then in the end of the book he says that the roman soldier says this is the son of god yeah. he sandwiches yep. jesus's identity Isn't in the brilliant? book yeah and mm-hmm. i mentioned this in service when uh jesus went to go heal uh, Jairus' daughter there's a healing in the middle of the healing. On yeah, his yeah, way yeah. there, yep. Yep. the woman with the bleed touches Jesus' robe and she gets healed. And then it continues. You almost lose track of what Jesus was, yeah. was doing yep. because there's a story in the story. And then, yeah. then Jesus goes and heals the the, the little yeah. girl. It's a, it's and the really woman had thing. a 12-year bleed. She probably had her issue at the same time that this girl was born. Yeah. This girl could have been 12 years old. Yep. And now you have this um dichotomy, this 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 woman who's who's been experiencing this issue for twelve years and this little girl who I'm just gonna say she's twelve who is on her deathbed after twelve years. Yeah. And and it's it's a beautiful flow of how Jesus moves uh and from yeah. and Mark just sandwiches it and it's it's amazing.
0: Yeah. It's cool. But if you're not paying attention to it, you'll miss it. Absolutely but I think yep. for anybody reading Mark right now like, pay attention. If he trails off in the middle of a story, and you're yeah, like, there's a reason. Why, right? why didn't he finish the story? <laughs> right. Pay attention. Absolutely. there's a reason why he didn't finish the story yeah. when you wanted him to. Right. Uh, okay. So that's that's Mark. Uh, Mark, I think today is great to use with people that are into. Uh, mysticism, or you know, if, if somebody is like New Age, or they're they're wanting to see the power of God, it's great for unbelievers, right? Because right? the the miracles are for unbelievers. So Mark can still be great for reaching that that kind of audience. You know, if if right. you're if you're working with uh, Hindus, uh, right, where there's this pantheon of gods again, mm. and okay, what? But what can Jesus do? Okay, let's look at Mark right. and see what Jesus right. does. Absolutely. Uh, okay, Luke
1: yeah so luke is the only gentile he's mm-hmm. the only gentile to write in the new the new testament uh he's been rolling with paul and paul gets arrested so yep. you know luke needs to you know i'm saying that luke needs to make the case for paul but i think luke is also making the case for christianity because paul is being transferred to rome and from rome all of the news uh gets out to all over the world and so luke builds these two beautiful books luke and acts um to it's going to eventually help spread the gospel everywhere because once this information gets to rome yep for what paul is going through then it gets spread out to everybody in the world but luke is a gentile he's he's a doctor he's um and he's his job primarily is to get you know sources of information of eyewitness Mm -hmm. accounts of jesus and so he's talking to everybody he can to try to get information about jesus's life And what Luke comes to find out and what he does in his writing is he says that Jesus came to seek and save the lost, to seek people who are lost and to save them, those that are lost. And he focuses in on a particular segment of, of people, the marginalized. Yep. And the marginalized at the time were, you know, widows, women, children, elderly, Slaves, those with disabilities, slaves, prisoners, yep. prostitutes, the poor. Yep. And the Jewish word for poor it, it, it extends a, to yeah. anybody who is outcast and, yep. and at the time. And so Luke really points us out about Jesus, that he yep. is focused on people and that He's here to save people, people that have been missed, yep. people that are overlooked. Um, and, and Luke just presents that Jesus is seeking those people out and his intent is to save those yep. people. I love it when he talks to John the Baptist's disciples, and you know they want to know. They want to make sure that he is the Messiah. And Jesus could have did a number of things to prove that he's the Messiah. He could have told them, "Listen, I created all of creation. I was here before." He could have done a miracle in their presence. He could have have done a miracle. He could have transformed into his glorious self. He could have done a lot of a a, a lot of things. But what Jesus did was, he says, he points out that the blind, the lame, the prisoners, the dead have all been set free and healed. And he links his him being the son of God to these people who are marginalized and lost, Love and that. that's the Jesus that is presented okay. in Luke.
0: Yeah, so Luke, the the fact that he's the only Gentile in in the the writings, mm-hmm. um, because he's writing to Gentiles, you know, his message is, look, there's this Jewish faith where we've placed God as like He's for us only. Yeah. And Luke comes in, he says, hey, that that perspective of He's just for the Jewish people only look, I'm, I'm not Jewish. Right. Absolutely. And, and he's for me too. Right. And he's for you. Right. Uh, and so it, it, yep, Luke is beautiful. The the parables that Luke uses, yeah, uh, you're really highlighting these different people. And, uh, Luke is where we talk about the lost, uh, coin, the lost sheep, yep. uh, the lost son. Right. And so you get the prodigal son story there. You, you get some beautiful imagery of Jesus is here for you. Yeah. The Whoever particle, you are, yeah. you know, oh man, it's such a a beautiful book
1: yeah the prodigal son he squanders his father's inheritance yeah. he he leaves the house he takes his inheritance early if that's not
0: a parable for the jewish people <laughs> yeah, absolutely <laughs> pushing aside the savior yes and him being welcome
1: <sighs> yeah and uh this this son he goes and squanders his inheritance but he comes back and the father is overjoyed yep he has a party for him he just like he's just so happy that his son came back. Now yep. his son came back because he lost everything <laughs> and he needed food. You yep. know he was eating with the pigs, yep. and you know he was like even the servants. You know have a decent meal at my dad's house, yep. and so he comes back. But the the son who stayed and didn't squander his inheritance is upset, yeah. because he feels like his brother is undeserving. Yeah. But that's who Jesus came yeah. for. Yep. The people that we think that are un- undeserving of yep. the salvation that He has for us it's 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 not the fact that he doesn't you know seek and save those who know who he is but the people that don't know who jesus is the people who are in sin the people who don't obey kingdom living those people that are lost that's who he came to seek and save those that we think are undeserving of his salvation
0: what i love there's so many layers to the prodigal son story that's one of those parables that like you could you could talk about that one for for days Uh, One of the things that I love, you kind of highlighted, was his motivation for coming back was was not great. No, not at all. It wasn't like, I love my father and I just want to come. Look, your motivation to come into Jesus. He was starving. He's about to die. It don't matter. Honestly, I don't care what your motivation to come to Jesus is. If you're at rock bottom or you're on cloud nine, you're at the top, wherever you are just come back to jesus yeah like you could that's be the moral of the story
1: running from the hell from the the fires of hell or yeah. you could be running into the loving arms of jesus yeah. the fact is you you need to come back yeah. to jesus
0: jesus is the point right. right it's it's not who you are where you are yeah. or any of that and, and really that's that's luke's point mm-hmm. for all of it is it doesn't matter who you are or what you right. are or what you've done doesn't matter what your past is, Jesus died for you.
1: Yep. Yeah. He Man, talks about. Looks beautiful. The women. He mentions 10 women that aren't mentioned anywhere else in the yep. Bible. He identifies, you know, two, you know, tax collectors. Yep. Uh, he talks about prostitutes. Yep. Like Luke just goes through any and everybody yep. who could be marginalized.
0: Yep. All the people you, you thought couldn't come to Jesus. Yeah. He's like, let me highlight how they came right. to Jesus.
1: And he expands the circle of who the kingdom is for.
0: Yeah. No, it's it's beautiful. And and we we're, we're going to get into it so my my message this week is on Acts and you know Luke and Acts it's actually it's, it's two volumes but same writer yeah. same same audience And Luke is living through Acts. Right, exactly. Right. And and he's writing to the same person to describe the same things. And so like you really it, it's interesting that we do Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, then Acts where like yeah. technically like it would probably right. be more beneficial Honestly, to go Matthew, Mark, John, Luke. Right. uh, And then go from Luke into Acts because it it really you could read that as one book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so but I love that Luke has such a um, he's probably the easiest of the bunch to say this is who he was and this is who he's writing to and this is why he wrote what he wrote. Uh, And for us today, it's basically Luke is beneficial to anybody that's not Jewish, anybody that and especially somebody that is is not saved, that doesn't um, understand any of this. that is completely separated. And then also Luke is fantastic for people that are uh, outcasts by society. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that may look different in 2023 than it did uh, when Luke was writing. But the, the message is still the same. The people that you're you're pushing aside. That's who Jesus came to save. Yeah, and
1: they they may not think that they have a home. Right. And they do have a home because yep. Jesus built a home just yep. for them, that the kingdom yep. of heaven, the kingdom of God is where they belong. Yeah,
0: Luke is awesome. Luke yep. might be my favorite. For, Maybe. I don't know. And John, <laughs> I, I got a sweet spot for Matthew. I love Matthew and the yeah. Old Testament connections. I love Mark and the directness. I love Luke because of the parables and just bringing yeah. me into this. Yeah. Like, I don't deserve this. But Luke's like, no, you don't. But that's right. why he came. Uh, but then John. Let's get into John.
1: Yeah, John's uh, as beautiful as the other Gospels. Uh, John is a disciple of Jesus. Uh, he even writes about himself as the one that Jesus loved. Yeah. Got a little bit of ego, uh, maybe? Yeah,
0: or, maybe. You know, <laughs> but I've heard a lot of... of, of- interpretations for why John refers to himself that way. Yeah, I don't, I don't
1: know. know. I don't <laughs> want to get into those interpretations. I just know that <laughs> he was loved by Jesus. How about that? There you go. I want to be the one that Jesus loves We're all Jesus' favorite. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, but I think it just goes into the depth of the, the relationship. Yeah. You know, we can look at it as a form of arrogance on his part in his writing, but I think that he had so much uh, love for Jesus. He was so close to him that he had the freedom to, to say that in his writings. Okay. But John, he's got one message and one message only. Now, there's other messages and teachings in John, of course.
0: Sure. All of them tie back. But John
1: it. opens up with Jesus is God. Yep.
0: And he closes with Jesus
1: is yes. God. Yes. Like, <laughs> and he wants you to know that from to beginning finish. to yeah. end. And he doesn't waste time. He doesn't, yeah. not that there's it's a, it's a waste adding things, <laughs> but... He's got the fewest yeah. miracles, yeah. hardly any parables. He doesn't have any baptism or temptations which, or which birth is, stories. Which is a little or, bit
0: funny because, like, if you're trying to prove that Jesus is God.
1: Wouldn't you want wouldn't immaculate you want a conception?
0: Of, wouldn't you want, like, yeah. the birth story? Wouldn't you want all the miracles? Right, but he doesn't care about evidence. Yeah.
1: No. He's making a statement. John just he's telling declaring, how it is. He's telling <laughs> you that, that, hey, Jesus yeah. is God. I don't need to say anything more.
0: I think that's part of why I love John because there's no nonsense. Yeah, You're absolutely. Like, no, this nonsense, is
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of his writing is in the South when Jesus yep. is dealing with a lot of the religious leaders, yep. the Pharisees, and Jesus is, is making arguments about his deity and who yep. he is and what he came to do. And I think that's where John presents who Jesus is. Yeah. I mean, he's talking to the people who think that they know the Bible they think they know the Old Testament they think they know the prophecies they think that they know what it means to be a rabbi in the time
0: they think they know what the Messiah is gonna look like
1: absolutely they think they know what the Messiah is gonna look like and John is saying here's Jesus's argument for him being the Messiah I'm declaring that he is the Messiah and here's what Jesus is saying about himself and that's all that we get from John yep we get seven miracles And like I said in the sermon, seven miracles that only point, yes, these are the miracles that point to him being God. These are miracles that can't be explained by science or anything else. And these are miracles that when you read the details of them, you know, we talked about Lazarus uh, being raised from the dead. Jesus waited until he died. I mean, he was. I said this in so he was dead, dead. dead That's dead. That, that
0: may be the only scripture that I prefer in the King James version, because it says that Lazarus stanketh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he stanketh. <laughs> yeah, because
1: oh, you know Jesus is getting. He, you know, poor Martha. She's trying to explain to Jesus the you know scientific method of yeah. death and de- yeah. and and no, he's he's and, already and decomposed. Decay. Like he's. We've Jesus, been is like this I created creation I think I know how things die (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I got this (laughs) right but you know John uses miracles that only God could do you can't explain it no other way he's using people that you know the man at the pool of Bethesda didn't know who Jesus was so he had no preconceived notion of Jesus being a healer or or performing miracles when Jesus asked him if he wants to be healed he pointed back to the pool
0: yeah. He didn't say, yeah, Master, yeah, yeah. will you heal me? Yeah. He didn't. No, because in, in his eyes, the only way he could be healed is the pool. Right, absolutely. Not the person he was right, talking to. Right,
1: right, right. Yeah, he uses the man who were, who was born blind. Yeah, I mean, you can't get more blind than that from than being born blind. He's blind, blind blind, just like Lazarus <laughs> was dead did. Um, is the cripple, cripple, cripple. Yeah, cripple, cripple. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just making up terms. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, you know, Jesus walking on water. Yep. He doesn't just walk on water. They're in a storm. They think they're seeing a ghost. Yeah, The story could have ended there. And it's like, oh, well, maybe that was Jesus. We don't yeah. know. Jesus is amazing. Yay. No, Jesus involved them yep. in that miracle. Uh, but but there is a, a eighth miracle in John that, you know, we didn't touch on. And I'm calling it an eighth miracle, but it's the, the resurrection of Jesus himself. Yeah. And that cannot be explained yep. scientifically. And yep. that's one purpose because he is the son of God. Yeah. And so we have the seven miracles that Jesus performed for people yep. and then you know John closes us out with the the the, the resurrection, yep. which is beautiful love it and that is the ultimate evidence yep. that Jesus is the Son of God
0: yep so so John he's writing to a general audience so John yep. John is a Jewish follower of Jesus he's writing to everyone mm-hmm. right like his his target is Jews gentiles romans whoever yep. y- y'all need to hear this um he's focusing in on these specific miracles for a specific purpose and then you didn't mention it but the seven i am seven i yeah uh, so john is, this this is for me this is the greatest connection of jesus is claiming to be god mm-hmm. um because he's using, using the name of god the name yeah, of god absolutely. in his description and so uh so in in modern day the um The book of john is fantastic when when uh reaching a muslim audience Mm -hmm. because one of the biggest uh, arguments from from muslims is that jesus is a prophet not god right and Uh, they would say that he never said that he yeah and that's one of the big arguments that islam will present that jesus doesn't claim to be god and it's like okay bring out the book of john in the beginning was the word okay we start right there then we go to the seven i am's like the reason why Jesus was crucified by the Jews is because Jesus claimed to be God. Right. That was the reasoning. That was why the Jews Absolutely. wanted him dead. Is right. because he claimed. So you can't yeah. you can't and make the, the argument two thousand years. Well later. him
1: claiming God is not against our law. But right. then if he yeah. says he's the king, yeah. then that's yeah, yeah, against yeah. our law. Right.
0: Yep. So it's it's just crazy. And he
1: uses the name of God that not a name that man gave God. No, the but one he uses he God a name used. that God used for himself, yeah. is that's what, what br- that's This isn't brilliant. what
0: David chose to call right, God. Right, exactly, we, yeah. You know, we've seen him as our provider, so right. we're going to give him a name that he is our provider. Yeah, right. He didn't no, call no, himself
1: no. Adonai or right. anything like that. No. Yeah, no substitute names. Yeah. He he said that his name was the same name that God gave himself yep. when he talked to Moses, the burning bush.
0: So the the thing that I love for, for modern day reading John is... It is fantastic for anybody that's getting too religious
3: yeah because, <laughs> there you go
0: because john puts all of the confrontations between jesus and the pharisees yep like there are modern day pharisees like there there are people that have in their zealous pursuit of god absolutely because that's the thing the man pharisees yeah. they start in the right place but, they you took know, the law
1: and they expanded it well, you know, yeah the they, they did some bad things with it yeah. taken it and just was like and made so it fun. absolutely ridiculous yeah
0: but all of it started with a we're passionately pursuing God. And I think in modern time, we have Christians that are passionately pursuing God, but they have taken it to a place where they've become the modern day Pharisees. Right, They're requiring right. things of people that God wasn't requiring. Right. That So when we read John, for, for me as a, as a pastor, like it keeps me humble and it keeps me in a place where like I read John, and it's like, okay, Am, am I becoming like a Pharisee in the way I communicate yeah. that, in the way I, I live that out? Am I am I trying to make a show of things the way the Pharisees would make a show of things? Like right. the book of John, I love it because it, it humbles me and it keeps yep. me in this... Uh, this place of I want to make sure that I'm on the right side of, of all this, uh, and then just I'm I'm a huge sucker for the directness, the you know just yeah, these, and I think it's me my a little, personality.
1: Yeah. It's like I love sarcastic, I love angry Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. great. And if you read John, it's like man, Jesus is uh, he's got a little edge yeah. on him, and it's yeah. like yeah, yeah, the, yeah the that's whole, the Jesus that the whole, I love. The
0: whole T-shirt of the whole Jesus is my homeboy. Like I think that <laughs> John would have worn that shirt. Yeah, like John. John has this like he's yeah, yeah he's my guy.
1: Yeah, yeah. The 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 Jesus that's portrayed in John is the Jesus that I like. Like we could go every and, man Jesus. Yeah, he's that kind of guy, man. Yeah. Like that's the Jesus that I like. Yeah. So
0: so I love it. The, the, and choosing a favorite gospel, like you can you can love. Oh my goodness! The the the, the historical references of, of the Old Testament and Matthew, yeah,
1: and then the the teachings love, of it, and how Matthew breaks out the hard issues versus the actions.
0: Yep, you can love the miracles yeah. in Mark. Yes, you can the love miracles the and how he tools. sandwiches, things. Yeah. and it's
1: great for teaching. Yeah. Like you can have, you know. Oh.
0: Two Some miracles good. in a sermon and yeah, teach it is it's, it's yeah. wonderful. You can you can love Luke and just the inclusion of the, the Absolutely, yeah. Because and,
1: no matter where I am in life no matter what category of society that I fit in, yeah. Luke tells me that Jesus, Jesus is for, for me. You.
0: Yeah. And you can love John and just his his yeah. bluntness, the his, directness, his like correction of us. Like if I ever
1: didn't know, now I know Jesus yeah. is God. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So that that's for me, it's like you can't get rid of a gospel. Right. Like each one. Gives us a view of God, uh, of Jesus in such a an incredible way. Yeah,
1: can you imagine if we only had one? I don't yeah. even think we would have a faith.
0: No, no I, th- I think you need you need all of them. Right. Uh, all right, so we're gonna wrap up. Uh, kind of final question is, what's the point of all this? W- were we just talking for the last hour about all the stuff <laughs> we know and how smart we are? And right, right. You know right. What, what is the what is the average person? What is what is a Christian that's saying, "Hey, I love the Bible, I love the gospel. What am I supposed to do with this?"
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think that um, I go back to Matthew and that he sums up all of the information that we have about Jesus. And just from his book alone, that Jesus is our long-awaited Messiah and that his teachings is the new teachings that we should live by for the kingdom. Mark demonstrates the service of Jesus to us and and to the people Luke is for everybody. John's declaring that he's the son of God. Well, what do we do with this information? And I, I think there's there's two things that that we know. The first thing is that salvation is ours, yep. and that Jesus is our redeemer. He came yep. to save us. He, like Luke says, he he's he's seeking us and and saving us. Yep. And I think that's one thing that we can have the security in is that Jesus is our savior. Yep. The other thing, though, Matthew twenty-eight. What what do we do with this information? Yep. The whole we go and make disciples yep. of everybody. Yep. We go tell it to everybody. We go make disciples of all the nations, yep. baptizing them and understanding that He is with us always. Yep. And I think it's beautiful that we get to that point. Uh yep. and, and, and all of the gospels to say, Okay, well what, what do we do with this information? We have security for us that we have yep. salvation through Jesus. Yep. But now what do we do? Now yep. we have to tell that to everyone yep. in the
0: world. We've we've got security that. We are saved yep. uh, because we've gone through the Gospels. We yep. understand what salvation is. We've got direction for how to live our lives Absolutely, based on, right. on the teachings mm-hmm. that we find there. But it's also we've got our purpose. Yep. Like, And it's it's the one thing that's repeated not just in all four Gospels but in Luke's secondary writing, the book of Acts. Yep, the book so of Acts, five right. times we see Jesus telling us to go and make yes. disciples. Right. Like if, if you for a second don't know what your purpose on earth is, if you doubt for enough, a second right? like what you're supposed to yeah. be doing as a christian what you are supposed to do as a christian is go and tell other people about jesus right. that's it like that that is the purpose and if and if it wasn't then we would pray a prayer give our lives to jesus we disappear and because that would be it because that'd be the whole point like yep. but that's not the whole point the point is and and this is repeated throughout throughout the new testament uh he's he wants for all to be saved like that that's the desire like the end's not coming until everybody has a chance uh to receive him and so that's our job like we we take this gospel and we share it with others
1: and he shows us how to do it through love service teaching humanitarian efforts Yep. and we can take jesus's life and all the things that he's done in the gospels and that's the instructions for us on how to then Send the gospels yeah. to to everyone.
0: I mean that that's what it means to be a Christian. Like the, yeah. the whole point of the phrasing is that we are followers of Christ. We're right. imitators of Christ. So so we are trying to become like him. Yeah. That that isn't about uh anything other than our ability to preach the gospel, mm-hmm. our ability to share the love of Christ with others. We become more like him so we can do what he did. Yeah. So we can we can go into the world and say, Here's the path. To heaven here's right. the path to god mm-hmm. and if we are not doing that we are missing the one you got one job right that's it you got one job
1: and this is why i'm excited about the book of acts because we got Ooh, one job <laughs> but we have a partner in this yeah. and it's the holy spirit
0: yeah. you're not on your own
1: Holy Spirit, he's come. And I I say this a lot. Like, as hard as we think this job is to go and share the gospel, you know, the Holy Spirit is doing probably 99.9% of the work. (laughs) He's
0: doing all the heavy lifting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, you know, he's working on a person. He's dealing with their heart issues. He's opening their minds. He's opening their hearts to be able to receive what God jesus has instructed us yep. to bring two people
0: all you have to be is the servant that poured water yes from the pitcher jesus did not the ask glass.
1: these guys to go get wine he did not ask these guys to perform a miracle he
0: didn't ask them to grab grapes and start absolutely on them.
1: nope Mm-mm. he just told them give me what you have yep. the bare minimum of you yep. that's it yep it's that's beautiful man that's the gospel yeah that's, that's it
0: <laughs> all right this has been fun this is great Good stuff. we went a little long but uh i think it was beneficial for people but uh yep. Hey, we're going to we're going to kick off uh, next week talking about the book of Acts. So it's kind of a continuation of Luke into the book of Acts, Mm -hmm. how the early church got started and all that fun stuff. So we're going to have a good time. Hope to see you there next week.